0: Hello everybody this is Michelle with Mental Health Matters. Our episode today is going to focus on generalized anxiety disorder. So I've got some information here about generalized anxiety disorder from Psychology Today. These are things you can just look up in a typical Google search. But in addition to just giving you some of the definition, the symptoms, causes, and treatments, I'm gonna give you a little background information about my personal issues and struggles with generalized anxiety disorder. So generalized anxiety disorder is a chronic state of severe worry and tension, often without provocation. Those with generalized anxiety disorder generally anticipate disaster, often worrying excessively about health, money, family, or work. Merely getting through the day brings on anxiety. People with generalized anxiety disorder can't shake their concerns, even though they usually realize that much of their anxiety is unwarranted. People with generalized anxiety disorder may be unable to relax and often have trouble falling or staying asleep. Their worries can be accompanied by physical symptoms such as trembling, twitching, muscle tension, headaches, irritability, sweating, hot flashes, and even feeling lightheaded or out of breath. Many individuals with generalized anxiety disorder startle easily. They tend to feel tired, have trouble concentrating, and may suffer from depression. Another symptom that might be included with generalized anxiety disorder is nausea, frequent trips to the bathroom, or feeling like you have a lump in your throat. When the anxiety level is mild, people with Generalized anxiety disorder can function socially, hold down a job, but may have difficulty carrying out the simplest of daily tasks if their anxiety is severe. Here's an interesting fact Generalized anxiety disorder affects 6.8 million American adults. Women are twice as likely as men to be afflicted. The disorder can begin at any point in a life cycle, but it usually develops between childhood and and middle age. The prevalence of this diagnosis peaks in middle age and decreases along the later years of life. Other anxiety disorders, depression, or substance abuse can often accompany generalized anxiety disorder. Generalized anxiety disorder is treated with medication or cognitive behavioral therapy, but co-occurring conditions may also be treated using appropriate therapies. Now the symptoms, we talked briefly about them, of generally generalized anxiety disorder are categorized by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Illnesses 5 as having for six months or more of chronic exaggerated worry and tension that is unfounded and much more severe than normal anxiety most people experience. Some of the symptoms include the inability to control excessive worry, difficulty falling or staying asleep, irritability, being easily startled or scared, difficulty concentrating or feeling like your mind is going blank. Some of the physical symptoms include headaches and fatigue, muscle tension, aches, having a hard time swallowing, trembling or twitching, sweating, shaking, rapid heartbeat, nausea, lightheadedness, or tingling in extremities, feeling out of breath, having to go to the bathroom frequently, and hot flashes. In children and adolescents with generalized anxiety disorder, anxieties and worries are often associated with their performance or competence at school or in sporting events. Children and adolescents typically have worries that include punctuality, conforming to social norms, and perfectionism. It's real serious in school. A lot of kids are competing with their peers and and another thing that I noticed because of social media, these children and young adults believe there's something they're they're missing out on something or they're not good enough. They're not as good as their peers because they feel like their peers have it all together. And we are well aware that the life that we see people have on social media may not reflect their actual life. The causes of anxiety disorders. Anxiety disorders are complex and they result from a combination of genetic, behavioral, developmental, and other factors. Risk factors can include a family history of anxiety disorder or recent and extended periods of stress. The brain circuitry involved in fear and anxiety is known to contribute to the experience of generalized anxiety disorder. Now let's talk about the treatments. There are two major treatments for generalized anxiety disorder and any other anxiety disorders. There's medication and there's cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a therapeutic method that is designed to help an individual change the way that they are thinking. Change um, thoughts that that are not warranted or change thoughts that are just really unfounded and get the individual thinking in a better way so that they're not worried about things that they shouldn't worry about. So the classes of medications for anxiety disorders are, believe it or not, antidepressants. While it's not treating depression, it is called a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and this is something that acts as i don't want to say a jump start to your brain but it activates the serotonin levels in your brain to make you feel better one common antidepressant that is used for anxiety disorder is venlafaxine so I take venlaflaxine, which is the generic name for Effexor. And it's been a lifesaver for me. It's, I can get to sleep. I don't have excessive worry. And it's really doing a good thing in my life. And I can definitely talk offline with anyone who wants to discuss any of the side effects. I don't really have any side effects other than, um, sometimes I get a little anxious if I don't take it on time. But other than that, I haven't had any problem with it. Another thing that is used to another medication that is used to treat anxiety are the anti-anxiety medications. Those are xanax, clonopine, some of the ones that you hear people abusing. You might hear it on television or in the news. People abuse xanax, and those have some side effects such as dizziness, headaches, nausea, and, like I said before, some people can get addicted to it another medication that's used for anxiety disorder is a beta blocker such as propanolol, which is a heart medication but is also helpful in treating anxiety disorders and social phobias and of course psychotherapy talking to a counselor talking to a psychiatrist a physician to deal with your anxiety disorders i talked a little bit about cognitive behavioral therapy and it is useful in treating anxiety disorders because it changes the individual's thinking patterns So that their thinking patterns will no longer support the fears and They can change the individual can change the way they react to anxiety provoking situations Cognitive behavioral therapy can be done on an individual basis as well as on a group basis so that was the background on What anxiety disorders are? What are the causes of the anxiety disorders some treatments And what to look for if you feel like you have anxiety disorder. So now my personal story about anxiety disorder. When I was about 26 years old, I want to say I started having panic attacks. Where I really thought that I was going to die. My heart was racing. I was sweating. I was totally out of control. I ended up going to the emergency room. They did a full workup on my heart. They didn't find anything malignant with my heart, just um, a little issues with the the rate of my heart. And that was from just a lot of caffeine and a lot of of stress also. So my anxiety disorder was brought on by stress. I was in the middle of working a very stressful job. I was going through a very stressful relationship slash precursor to a breakup. And it was just really weighing heavily on me. And I started having these panic attacks, so I ended up having two hospitalizations thinking that I was going to die, thinking that my heart was beating out of my chest and I just couldn't focus. I was failing at work, I was just going through so much. And finally I had a doctor that told me that I needed to get my stress under control or I was going to die. So. I did things to keep my stress under control. I did some things to get my stress under control. A lot of deep breathing. I did yoga. I started working out. And finally, when that didn't work anymore, I went to my physician and said that I needed some kind of medication. I was initially given Xanax for my generalized anxiety disorder but i really did not like the side effects xanax made me feel like a zombie all the time i was sleeping about 12 to 14 hours a day and it just was not how i wanted to live my life and finally i got off of the van xanax and i started drinking like herbal teas to get to sleep and try to calm my mind and that worked for a little while and my physician I went to a new physician and she provided me with Effexor and I've been on that ever since and it works wonders. I can sleep at night. I don't have it's, I, don't, I don't worry like I used to. I'll get like a little bit more anxiety in relation to like my my menstrual cycle, but I can handle that. I can just handle that with a little bit of CBD oil or I'll take melatonin on those nights that I can't get to sleep. But other than that, I'm doing really well with the regimen that I have. And Um, this podcast, as always, is just to help break the stigma of mental illness and normalize the fact that sometimes we all need a little bit of help and I'm not afraid to say that I need help. I'm just like anyone else. And always, if you have any questions, reach out to me. I can provide you resources and I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Have a great day. Hello everyone. This is Michelle Gordon with Black Mental Health Matters. You may notice a little bit of a change in the title. It used to be Mental Health Matters. But after careful reevaluation and thought, I wanted to name it Black Mental Health Matters. And with that being said, it is not because I believe anyone else's mental health does not matter. But I do believe that there is... Um, there is lack in the amount of conversation and the amount of support that people of color receive for their mental health. And that's for a number of reasons. Feelings of inadequacy, pressure from your families, pressure from the church. But this podcast will let you know that black mental health matters. So I just wanted to take the time out today to talk about rapper Big Sean. He recently came out and, and, you know, said that he took some time out to get his mental health together. He was feeling lost. He was at a point in his career where he was overwhelmed with music, personal relationships, and different projects that he was working on. And he felt like he just, he didn't want to do it anymore. He didn't have passion in it. And taking this time out he was able to rediscover the joy in his life. And that's really important because we get so caught up with work, families, school, um, religious organizations, obligations that we have in the community, and we forget to take care of ourselves. And Big Sean said that he had been meditating from a young age, and that was a good way for him to, to work on himself and work on how he felt. And that's really good that he understood it. The importance of self-care from an early age. Self-care is unbelievably important. Self-care can be simple. Self-care can be over the top. Self-care can be getting a manicure, getting a pedicure, getting your hair cut, buying a new dress. But not in excess to the point where you're overspending. But just doing something for yourself, being selfish not caring about what anyone else gets from it, just caring about what you get from it. Self care is really important because you have to think about yourself. You have to think about what your needs and your desires are. Because life gets hectic, it really does. So, Big Sean talked about he was feeling lost and he just needed to take some time to, you know, come back to himself. And it's really important that he came out and he said that. Because black men, men of color, don't do that. They don't understand the benefits of therapy or they are afraid that they will be ridiculed in therapy. They might feel like the therapist doesn't understand them, doesn't know where they're coming from, wouldn't understand the trauma that black men um, go through on a daily basis because it is difficult. I myself would not feel comfortable with a therapist that was not a person of color, but that's for a number of reasons. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to express myself fully out of fear about judgment or fear that they just wouldn't understand. We wouldn't have any common interests. Not saying that a therapist that is not a person of color is not competent. That's just my personal preference. So with that being said, Big Sean did a lot for the community. He normalized therapy for men that are like him, that can identify with him, his lifestyle, his music. He normalized it. He made a statement that it's okay to seek therapy. Therapy is not a bad thing. And that it can help. And it's important to just have someone there that can just have that positive regard for you, that can help you with dealing with some of the things that you are going through in your life. One thing I, um, I always get a question about when talking to black people or people of color about therapy is cost. So we understand that every medical service has a cost. And if you have health insurance, you may be able to get therapy sessions covered. But if you don't have health insurance, there are still options out there. Um, do your due diligence. I can support you with that due diligence. Find out if there are free mental health clinics in your area. Some of those exist. Um, in addition, there is a, a project called the Open Path Collective that is a, I would say, a consortium of therapists, social workers, psychologists who are willing to give back to the community and provide mental health services for very low cost. I've seen some therapy costs as low as $35 per session. So I'm sure that they can work with you if that is too much because these individuals are out here to spread the word that mental health is important and getting treatment and therapy is important. And they want to make it accessible to those who would traditionally not be able to afford or be afraid to get these services. In addition, some other options that are out there for mental health services, there are apps that you can download and be in the Android market or on iTunes that you can correspond back and forth, either by text, chat messages, or videos. With licensed therapists who are there to support you it's more of like a helping hand if you need just someone to talk to for um, short-term issues someone that can give you tips and ideas about staying emotionally healthy um, there are also some therapists that reduce their services to do their therapy by way of Skype or some other video platform. There's so many options out there. If you have a question, you can just shoot me a message here on Anchor. Reach out to me by email. And I can provide you those resources that you need. So, it's so important. And there's so many ways to get that help that you need. So, I talked about the apps that you can download. Or you can find a therapist that does Skype. And in some cases, depending on what insurance you have or what... Um, what your finances are you can have a therapist come out to you i've done some in-home counseling with children and families where i came to their house for two hours a day once a week to just support them with their with their needs with their with their struggles behaviorally and also to help them change their thinking about certain situations they were going through so the options are there for you and i am definitely here to support you with finding what works for you another thing that i wanted to mention is also look for ways to take care of yourself look for ways to do something that helps you ground mentally emotionally spiritually one of the easiest things that i've learned as far as self-care is being out in nature going for a walk regardless of your physical health or your physical fitness if you just get outside into nature and just just ground and just be one with nature sit even if you don't want to walk you can just sit outside your home and listen to the birds you know feel the wind on your face and just be mindful take it all in live in the moment and that's a great way to calm yourself and reduce some of the stressors that you have in life if you have a really bad day at work you can always just sit down outside stand outside walk the dog Walk to the mailbox, walk to the corner, and just be one with nature. Feel that breeze. Listen to the sounds outside. You know, the kids playing. Spring is here. Kids playing. Families out and about. Cars driving by. And just be mindful of that and take your mind off of your problems and your issues for just five minutes a day. And you'll start to see a difference. You'll start to feel better. Those trips outside will will get longer and longer each time. And you'll definitely... Be more mindful and be more in the moment and not so much in your head about the stresses in life. Yes, we got to go back to the stresses in life. Got to go back to work. Got to go back in the house of your family. But if you can just take five minutes out a day to take care of yourself, it will lessen the burden and it will lessen the impact of the things that you have going on in your life. Okay, so we're just about it for today. You can always reach out to me at www.connect.com with MichelleG.com, and it lists every way that you can reach me email instagram facebook any way that you want to reach out to me and ask me questions if you want something featured on the podcast if you want some resources go ahead reach out to me i'm here for you and have a great afternoon